Hello, I'm Kathy. And I'm Gary. And this is Torah Talk. Welcome to Torah Talk, the intersection of the mundane and the miraculous. Here we have bold conversations about faith, culture, and politics, and where we fit into God's plans in the 21st century. If you could partner with God, would you? Welcome back, everyone. As usual, it's always great to have you. You know, sometimes I share stories uh, about my life and my family, and I wanted to share a little story to introduce this topic. Um, There's something that happened very recently. Um, I was talking to my 26-year-old daughter the other day, and she was sharing with me something that she and her husband had found to be quite funny about something I had said on the phone a few days before. So she reminded me that we were all in a group phone chat, and it was her and her husband and me, and all of a sudden, at the end of one line of thought, I jumped in and said, speaking of Satan, and then (laughs) I proceeded with my thought about Satan, and she said, she and her husband thought it was so funny because none of us had been talking about Satan, (laughs) so... So apparently, this was when I was right in the middle of researching for one of our recent podcasts called Did Satan Lose His Anointing? And I guess it was just on my my brain, you it know? So, it's so you. <laughs> it was just like, so me. I, that's is. the whole problem. Because that's what's always going. That, exactly. And that's, that's I think, what, what she was alluding to, that that was just so me. So, you know, so anyway, they thought that was pretty funny. Like, so who just blurts out, speaking of Satan, in the middle of a conversation? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I want to tell the audience. It's not like I always have Satan on my mind or anything, but of course, you know, I, I say that, and here we go with another topic related to Satan. Well, yeah, unfortunately, he's uh, he's had some influence. He, on Yes, this earth, he's had he? a bit of a heyday, you know, recently. So I, I'm telling the audience, I, I don't have this on my mind all the time. I truly don't. I try to stay, I, I stay very positive and you know, look toward God. Um, but you know, I am reminded of of Satan as I look around a lot today. You know. Yeah. Yeah, the lies and deceptions and violence and so forth. So yeah, I get reminded of them. So, you know, so today we're going to be talking to perhaps, uh, about perhaps the oldest sin in the book, literally mm-hmm. the book, the right? <laughs> the Bible, <laughs> which is the original sin of Satan is also the original sin of Adam and Eve and actually probably lies at the heart of of all sin. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. And and that sin is is pride. Mm-hmm. And so after this message, let me tell you why we think this and let's let's talk about pride and let's talk about Torah. For over 25 years, Ezra International has been helping the poorest of the poor Jewish people escape poverty and persecution. In fact, almost 80,000 Jewish people have now returned to Israel with our help. The average cost to rescue one Jewish person is $360. Your gift of just $30 a month over one year can help return a Jewish person to Israel and restore their hope for a better future. Please go to EzraInternational.org and give your best gift today. So it's probably clear why we're talking about pride right now. Is it June, Kathy? Is it June? Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it always I, I find it odd that for some reason, pride is the only sin that has an entire month named after it. Mm. You know, it's not like we have adultery month or lying month or disrespect <laughs> your mother or father month. I mean, most people do agree that pride is a sin. Yeah. And yet... Now we have a whole month that kind of glorifies this this concept um, of, of pride. I guess they're graduating. I mean, you know, they have atheists have their April Fool's Day. That's you know, right. The fool says in his heart there is no God. So now we have an entire month for those who want to be proud. Be proud and exactly. in your face, God. Now, so <laughs> you know, obviously. There are many who would say, and I, and I would agree, that, you know, pride can be a good thing. You know, pride in our country. We sing, I'm proud to be an American, mm-hmm. you know. I'm a proud parent of an honor roll student. We can be proud that we worked hard, saved up enough money to buy a car. 
all of these sources of pride, they can be a good thing. Yeah. You know, I, you know when it's put to a positive use, I, I, I get that. Exactly. Yeah. I think the problem comes when we're proud of something that's contrary to God's nature and his commandments. Yeah, that's when we think we know better. If you're proud of something that's contrary, then you somehow think you know better than God. Yes, that's and that's what from. we want to talk yeah. about today. Exactly. Now, the Hebrew word for pride is geva, and yeah. it has a lot of different versions of it, you know. Is that a coincidence? Uh, or? I, I never <laughs> thought about that. I, when, you, when, when you write it out and you look at that, it's like, really? Wow. Yeah. So, geva. Now, the primary root of this word means to rise. So, it can mean to lift up, like in a positive way, like to exalt. Okay, you mm -hmm. exalt the name of the of God. Okay, so it can be used that way, mm -hmm. or it can mean to swell up, as in arrogance. Mm. Doesn't that kind of remind you of that New Testament concept of leaven or yeast? Sure, that little bit of leaven that, that spoils the whole lump. Yes, yeah, it it, exactly. Up, it rises it. up. It fills it up. You know, yeah. that, it never, yeah. as soon as I saw that uh, explanation of swelling up, I thought. Hmm, that, that sounds very similar, yeah. I mean, very familiar to me. Well, you know, I, I mean, Yeshua knew these things. God knows these things, obviously, that these images would be familiar to us and that... Uh, Hopefully we'll, we'll catch on. We'll <laughs> catch on at the right time when you hear the right word and you say, oh, yeah, that's what he is. Exactly. <laughs> you know, in our Older Testament, I always like to call it the Older Testament, not sure. the Old Testament, the word pride and its synonyms can be used either positively or negatively. Mm. Now, I told the audience a couple of weeks ago, I got this new great toy that I like. Yeah. It's the Theological Word Book of the Old Testament. Mm. So it, it really lists all the words in the Old Testament, and it tells you how and where they're used. And yeah. It's fantastic, yeah. okay, for nerdy Torah geeks <laughs> like me, right? <laughs> and you. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm going to share, we're, today we're actually going to share just a lot of scripture because, you know, God's word never comes back void. It, it, there's power in the word. So we're going to just share some scripture. Um, Psalm 47.4, this is an instance where pride is used in kind of a positive way. He subdues nations beneath us and peoples under our feet. Okay, it's talking about God, right? Mm -hmm. God of Israel. He chooses our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. Mm. God has ascended amid shouts of joy, the Lord with the sound of the horn. The pride of Jacob. Yeah, I was looking at that passage, and some some translations say the excellence of Jacob. That is another trans. That's another word that Geva is translated and, into. And, but I love it because when you think about the what the mission is of Israel, you know, Jacob becomes Israel. Jacob, the man. Israel, the mission. That's how I always like to put it. And so there was a there was an excellent plan. There was a uh, God was proud of what He put together there. If they would only do it right, right? and they can find pride in that too, right. and be in part of that plan. Not when they go against it, but when they're in part right. of that plan. Right. You know, um, in Deuteronomy thirty three twenty nine, it said, "Blessed are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He is the shield that." That protects you, the sword in which you boast. Once again, gave va there with that idea mm -hmm. of boast. Um, so it can be translated with different words, but what I'm trying to show here is that um, it can be used positively when it's connected back to God. Because what's interesting in each of these cases, the land or the people or whatever, their significance is only because of their relationship to Yehovah, right. okay? It's not like it's an indigenous characteristic, okay? No. It's the connection to God that can be that source of pride or it's, something to boast about. Exactly, that changes everything. And you know, and when you, as you said that, I was reminded of something that that I felt God spoke into my spirit years ago. I was driving across Texas. I, I was going from city to city, you know, with with uh, on, in ministry. And I'm on my way to Lubbock, so I called it my on, you know, the road to Lubbock experience. But God, God says, you know, you don't have to preach, and I, it got my attention. You know, it's like don't have to preach. I'm going to all these churches, and I'm talking. <laughs> don't have to preach. All you have to do is brag on me. Ooh. 
Oh, I love that. Brag on my faithfulness. And I thought, wow, that's it. You know, I mean, when we speak his word, we speak of how faithful he has been to everything he, he told us he would do. It's all we have to do. Right. Oh, I love that. I love that. You know, the Bible makes it clear that pride is actually a characteristic of God. Okay. Mm. So in Exodus 15, 7, and in the greatness of your excellence Mm -hmm. or pride, there it is again. Okay. Excellency or pride, you overthrow those who rise up against you. Mm. All right. So speaking here about God's excellence, God's pride, uh, Job 37, 4, After it, a voice roars. He thunders with his majestic, there's another word, proud voice. Okay? Used to describe God. So there's not, it's not that pride is intrinsically wrong. Okay? Right. All right? Um, It describes a part of God's character, and it can become a part of the lifestyle of a believer. Um, So in Deuteronomy 33, 29, it says, Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help, and the sword sword of your pride. Mm. So... Israel can take pride in this, okay? Yes. So that's a that can be a positive when they're aligned thing with God's purpose and word. Yeah. That's absolutely the case, okay? Yes. Is that alignment is the source mm-hmm. of that pride, exactly. okay? Now, as you can guess, most cases in most cases the Bible uses the word pride in a negative sense, okay? Mm-hmm. And the prophets do it the most, right? Yeah. Okay. And often the charge is laid against Israel's enemies, okay? All the Egypt and Babylon and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, but mostly <laughs> <laughs> it's against Israel. Yeah. Yeah. It's said, you know, you, you've you been quoting from Deuteronomy already a lot, and I'm glad, you know, obviously this is Torah talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Deuteronomy 32, 15, there's a, there's a powerful line about that, uh, uh, Yeshurun, you grew fat and kicked. Remember that one? Oh, yes. You know, because that, that comes from the you word... You swelled up. Yeah. Oh, look at that. You grew fat, you swelled exactly. up. Exactly. And what, okay. the, the passage, the, the chapter, the context of the chapter is talking about all these blessings that God had bestowed on them because of who they were, what he had promised them, and if they were in alignment with his word, they were blessed. So all these things, abundance, food, you know, they, they, were, they were being blessed. And Yeshurun, Shar is a term meaning when you're walking perfectly straight, upright with God, and you become that example, that light to the nations that they were supposed to be. But, but? <laughs> run, you grew fat and kicked. They then they forgot the source of their blessing. And that then then all of a sudden now it's like okay our our own power gave you know brought us this this uh, that's where it always yeah, go when you it. forget just like mm-hmm. we talked about last week when you forget that the source is God you got to fill it in with something usually mm. it's ourselves right you know right. you know so Israel by far comes under the heaviest judgment for this issue with pride Jeremiah thirteen nine says um, thus says the Lord in this manner. I will ruin the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. Mm. Okay. And here's an interesting one. Um, Also, this kind of relates back to the, um, to the month that we're in. This is Ezekiel 16, 49. Um, This is talking about Sodom. Okay. Mm. And in it, God is speaking to Jerusalem and comparing Jerusalem to Sodom. Yeah. Okay. And it, it says, Behold, this was the sin of my sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. So now this is interesting. This is talking about Sodom. And some people will say, well, look, God didn't point out the sin of homosexuality here as the sin of Sodom, so therefore mm-hmm. it is not a sin. And I've heard that argument. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, okay. But it's almost like if you look at this list, it seems to me that these are conditions that lead to sin because having too much food isn't really a sin. Not a sin, but if you forget the source of the blessing. That's right. Or yeah. you're not sharing it with someone well, in there need, you go. right? Yeah, okay. Very clearly here. Or or having too much time 
is not necessarily a sin. It's what do you do with, with all of that, that time, time yeah. right? Yeah. You know, with that, what's the phrase? Idleness is the devil's workshop. Yeah, something right? like that. Yeah. Okay. This passage seems really to be talking about conditions that allow people to indulge in mm-hmm. other sin. And, and then so where the pride is, again, applied here is the fact that, it, and because you mentioned the argument that people say no homosexuality isn't mentioned. Well, we, of course, we know from the from the the story, story it, right. that it is. So, what it is? What? Where does the pride come in? We know better. Once again, male. I made them male and female. Male and female. I made them, and we know that the, the proper use of uh, or or interaction between male and female. So, when you say no, we know better, and we're going to men, men with men, women with women. That's pride because we know better than God's way. That's right. Yeah. You know, um, pride then, uh, we, I think we can say is, you know, it becomes sin when there's a shift of our ultimate confidence, you know, from God mm-hmm. as the object and source of the pride to ourselves yes. as the object and source. No, and, you're absolutely right. You know, once again, going back to Deuteronomy, it's Deuteronomy 8, um, that speaks of it is God it is the one who gives us the power to gain wealth. You know, going back to that idea of the blessings and, and we think we're doing it. The entire chapter uh, speaks of, you know, you're, you're forgetting, uh, again, the source of your blessing. Yes. You know, I said that we're going to look at the original sin of Satan. Mm. So we read about that in a couple different places in the Bible. And we have looked at uh, some of these before, in particular, Ezekiel 28. And um, Gary, could you read this section here for us? Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about it a little sure. bit. This is describing Satan. Ezekiel 28. Yes. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, say to the ruler of Tyre, This is what the sovereign Lord says. In the pride of your heart, you say, I am a God. I sit on the throne of a God in the heart of the seas. By your wisdom and understanding, both gifts from God, you you have gained wealth for yourself and amassed gold and silver in your treasuries. By your great skill in trading, again, gift from God, you have increased your wealth. And because of your wealth, your heart has grown proud. Mm. So we've got several things here. God blessed Satan, as we've said before, with many gifts, okay, mm-hmm. including wisdom and specific skills. And we talked uh, in our last podcast about that great authority that he was given, that that wide-reaching authority, mm-hmm. um, the Mimshak authority. We talked about that. If you want to know a little more about that, uh, take a look at our, our last uh, podcast, or one before last, I think, um, did Satan lose his anointing. So clearly God gifted Satan with many, many good things, but Satan forgot who was the giver of these gifts? Right. He thought he had achieved all of this himself. So he puffed himself up. I think of that yeast, okay, going right. through that leaven going through. He believed um, he himself was the source, okay, of all of these things. He puffed himself up so much that there was really no room left for God there. Right. You know? Right. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, you mentioned his far-reaching uh, authority. authority. You know, we're told we, we are of God, but the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. You know, this, this, it, is, it is fact that he has been given authority, and we talked about this, and like you said. Right, Jesus didn't even uh, deny that when no. he said, and when he was, uh, Satan was tempting him in the wilderness, yes. you know, he said, I'll give you all of this. Yeah. And Jesus didn't deny that it all was his to give. Mm-hmm. He just said, I'm not, yeah. I'm not worshiping you. That's, right. so, that's it. So his influence today is telling, telling his followers the same thing that we know better, I, you know, follow me, I know better, or, or you can do whatever you want, it's okay, and, and that, that has been very effective. Exactly. You know, um, as we read on in Ezekiel, it says, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you. 
You were the you were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until wickedness was found in you. Mm. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So once again, um, what we have here, you know, clearly this is a, a, a description of Satan, okay, in yes. the garden, yes. right? Okay, he, he anointed guardian cherub, okay? Mm-hmm. That's that cherub who covers, and we talked about that in our other podcast, on the holy mount, blameless, created perfect in beauty and wisdom, and yet, and yet, with all of that, Still, Satan was able to puff up his own heart, Mm. okay, that his heart rose and filled in all of this space, once again, not leaving any space for God, forgetting who all of this comes from. Right. You replace this gratitude with with this this pride. You know, I I love the verse 17, you corrupted your wisdom. Oh, yes. You corrupt. I, it's God saying, I gave you that wisdom and you corrupted it. And so the same applies today. We, uh, in our, in our modern generation with, with all the technology, all, uh, uh, the, the knowledge of the universe and at our fingertips, you know, uh, we can, we can look up, we can, we can have wisdom. We can, we can look to his word for wisdom. And yet we corrupt we come not not you know look it's one thing when you are an unbeliever unbeliever and you have natural wisdom and you decide you're going to go your own way it's another thing to say you're a believer to say you follow the 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 author of this word and then use your own wisdom to corrupt that i think word. that's worse yeah, <laughs> i think that's worse and it's certainly can happen and does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look around, honestly, you can see that it has happened. So yeah, it's one thing. God gifts everybody. You know, everybody has special gifts one way or the other. Every mm-hmm. person, believers, not believers or anything. Uh, you know, so the key is remembering who this giver of these gifts is. And and any of us can forget. Yeah. You know, any yeah, of us can be I think the the bottom line is if you believe in this word, then you believe all of it or don't bother believing any of it at all. Right, yeah, right, Because that's right. where the corruption comes right. in. Right, and I think we have to really work on this on a daily basis mm-hmm. because you could, it's easy on a daily basis, especially if you're successful at what you do, yeah. um, you've accomplished a lot, you've gained a lot of wealth or power or whatever, it's easy and tempting, I think, for anyone to to start, uh, what does it say? Your heart became proud, mm-hmm. okay? That yeah. our hearts can become proud. I think this idea of remaining humble, a lot of the Beatitudes we're talking about, this kind of yeah, idea humility. of humble yeah. humbleness, yeah. and that these are the people who uh, gain the kingdom of God. Yes. Um, that's something that we really have to stop and think about, I think, every day and deal with. Nobody's exempt from this. I, I totally agree. I mean, because look at how many times, you know, we've been in ministry a long time, Kathy, and look how many times we've witnessed the fall of somebody with a national or international ministry. Um, and it's and, and that pride gets in the way. You know, we think we can do no wrong and somehow we're above the word uh, that, that happens. I think that that's one reason why it talks about... Um, how difficult it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, I look at people who are rich or famous or all that. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I'm really grateful that that's not me. You know, (laughs) I'm really grateful because I think that that would be, uh, it's hard. You have to really, um, uh, you're in conflict with your own heart. I think Mm -hmm. all the time and those desires to think that, Hey, I've accomplished this. I can do this. I don't need God, you know? And so that's exactly where, where Satan was. Okay. So this is where we talk about that original sin of Satan. So, you know, Ezekiel 28, we just read from that. The other place where we read about Satan and what happened to him, um, 
is Isaiah 14. And Gary, if you can take a look at sure. uh, and read Isaiah 14 for us. Sure. It says, How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will arise, I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zephron. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds, and I will make myself like the most high. The five I wills. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Yeah. Five. Real real lesson in saying, Lord willing. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my gosh. You know, so so in your face there, Mm -hmm. I will do all of these things. I will... I will do, I do not need God, I will, I can, I have achieved this, okay, that that whole concept. And the key, I think, the key I will, if you'll have it, is I will make myself like the most high. Mm. I will make myself is, or I will um, be compared to, some of our versions say, I will be compared to the Mm. most high. Okay, this is a strong yeah, this is statement. A, you know, legend in my own mind. Kind exactly. Because I make myself. I will you know, make so myself compared to God. Yeah. Compared to God. Now, we had mentioned in a, a, a few podcasts ago, but um, I find it fascinating that the Hebrew word that is translated make myself or be compared to is dama. Dama means, it means to make oneself like or to resemble but you remember we talked about how Hebrew is all pictures in the, mm-hmm. in the letters. They're all pictures. So each word, you can look at the individual letters, and it has like a little word story, sure. right? Yeah. Dama is behold the door of chaos. Oh, my. I love that. that is, it's how appropriate. You know, you, you, Kathy, you've the one that pointed out so, uh, so often the idea that God so loved his order you know, so love the world. It's the cosmos. The mm-hmm. word there. Order. God so loved His order. He set things in motion in such a perfect and beautiful way. And we, to to say, "Behold, the door of chaos," is, is it describes exactly the opposite the of opposite His order of God. Yes, right. the opposite of Jehovah is, is is chaos, and that's what Satan has has brought to the earth. And and we see it, and we every see the day. fruits of that every, every day. single day. Yes. When we do not follow His order, and I'm glad you brought that up, the alternative is not better order. No, the alternative is chaos. Total, chaos, total chaos. So it's His order or it's chaos. There's not. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing else. Just just think of the chaos that it is. I mean, just, we'll just use some real practical examples once again. Genesis, I made them male and female. How many pronouns now do we have to try to remember in our in our lexicon because of the chaos of this gender issue? Absolutely. Well, I'm not personally chaos. I'm not playing that game, but think about right. it. Nobody right. knows how to speak anymore. No, no. I we this. were watching that new uh Daily Wire uh documentary, What is a Woman? And you they they show on that so many people who absolutely cannot answer that question they can't answer it and um they stumble all over themselves say i'm like uh, it's unbelievable it's unbelievable i highly recommend it to, to everybody in the audience to watch um but that's because if you go against God's order, if you ignore God's order, if you think you know better than God's order, right. then you end up with lies, deception, sure. chaos. That's what chaos is. That I don't think many people connect the word chaos with what we're seeing, but that's exactly what it is. If you can't answer a simple question what in your is a mind, woman? <laughs> then your mind is all over the place trying to come up with, a, with, with an answer or a definition. That every definition they will try to come up with will somehow offend somebody else and will be wrong and it will change you know within minutes exactly it because that's of the, chaos that's there's chaos. nothing there's nothing foundational exactly. there's nothing to hold on to there's everything shifts with the winds and the mm-hmm. day and the hour um 
that's chaos. It is. If chaos. everything is changing, you don't know what word to use or not word or you know pronoun to use. That's chaotic. You cannot live your life like that. No, it, it's absolutely chaotic. I think I used this example before, but I, I go back to what I thought. Here, the the president of the United States says, "I'm going to appoint a woman." of color to the bench, to the Supreme Court. And then that woman of color can't define what a woman is when she's asked. That's chaos. That's chaos, right. So I think you're right, Gary. I think you don't have to always think about chaos in terms of violence or, or something like that and people running crazy through the streets it's that there's no foundational beliefs to hold on to okay that's the hurricane coming through right (laughs) and you're being wiped away with it okay you're 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 wiped out there's an absolute see we're, we're missing absolutes in the world today because we've we've abandoned the word of god in the torah we have absolutes we know what god asked us to do and he we know what he set up for this universe it's and so then satan's question is did god say okay to 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 adam and eve okay so now you start to question what did god say and that's where you get did God say that there was a man and a woman? Did he really say that? <laughs> and if you answer, I don't know, that's chaotic. You don't, you don't yeah, know it, yeah. uh, that it, that's, that's the essence of chaos. So that questioning, you know, I think that that's it, the essence of it. Did God say what, what, what's, seems to be happening here obviously when satan says i'll be compared to the most high he begins to think that he's god you know did he think that he was the god or a god i think he probably recognized that god was still there and real Mm. but either he didn't care he didn't believe in him or what most of us think we know better knew better that's 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 the the key right that's, that's it right there yeah This is the exact same thing that happened in the garden. Eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm. This is the exact same story. You know, some people interpret this as the first time that evil is actually revealed or came into the world. But, you know, clearly... Satan was already standing there in the garden. Yeah. So, so yeah. evil it, it, was it, already it, it, revealed. It was there. <laughs> it was already there. So it's not like that, that evil all of a sudden came because of eating from that tree. That is not what this tree is about. You know, I have to read from one of my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Skip Moen. Um, and what he said about eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, I'm taking this. this. I necessary. Once again, I can never improve on him, so I'm just going to read I, what I he said. I wouldn't he's, even try. It is, it's absolutely brilliant. So he wrote, before eating from the tree, correct moral behavior was determined by listening to the voice of God. Okay? God's order. Mm-hmm. Moral decisions were either true, reflecting what get God did or said, or false, not reflecting what God did or said. But after eating from the tree, all moral decisions were evaluated in the context of what I want. Wow. That's, that is so profound. Yeah. My voice was now in competition with God's voice. Mm-hmm. My decisions were no longer simply true or false. Now they were either good for me or bad for me. Isn't that uh, profound? I yes. mean, that is, he's, he My truth. It. You know, you talk about what is your truth. My truth, That's yeah, it. Exactly. What is your truth? Now I could decide between what God asks and what I desire. Eating from the tree produced self-awareness of my desire, and the world changed forever. It is the desire for determining good and evil that is in play here. Determining good and evil is what God does. And only God. Since the garden, man has attempted to play God by making this determination himself. The result is the pandemic of idolatry, placing myself in the role of God. You and I are in the garden every day, standing before that tree. 
Mm-hmm. It is our desire that is at the root of this rebellion. Until that is confronted, the tree will always be enticing. Wow. Whoa. I... Uh, wow. Yeah, it's powerful. That's that is powerful. It. And I, I encourage you guys to go back and, and listen to that again and look up some of Skip Moen's of writings about this. I wanted to particularly look at this concept of pandemic of idolatry. Yeah, that's a that's a powerful statement. And boy, I mean, with everybody so keen on the idea of pandemic these days, yes. that's a good good use of the term because it is it is everywhere. And it all and it reminds me immediately when when I think of that that word um, the words that we see, we find them in Deuteronomy 12, 8, but they're also in Judges because the Judges, when you read the book of Judges, this this, this cycle of, you know, f- failing. Um, but it says that in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Kathy, you know, every Hebrew prayer starts with, with blessed are you, Lord God, king of the universe, right? Right off the bat, you acknowledge right who's king. Blessed are you, Lord God, king of the universe. So if you do not have that king guiding you, if you, if you ignore his instruction, if you, if you, if you completely or, or if you com- pervert it, corrupt it in, in any way, you're saying you know better than this king. In other words, you've you've uh, you've shunned the authority of the king. You've usurped the authority of the king. Yes. So we today are doing something no different than what we see read in scripture. That if you have no king, then everyone's right in their own eyes, and that's exactly that's exactly what we're what's happening today. in the news today. Yeah. Everybody thinks that you know their opinion matters. You know, I, I heard somebody say once, you know. What's best if someone asks you about your opinion on a on a controversial issue? It's best to say, you know, I don't really have an opinion on that. My opinion wouldn't matter. Let's see what God's word says Amen. about that. Amen. Okay, because that's the only one that matters. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you get this. You know, it's easy to think of idolatry as this ancient sin where people bow down to little wood carved uh, objects. Mm. That is not what we're talking about then. And even then um, that may have, that happened, I guess, but it was still behind that was the same source. I think I know better. Okay. That's still what's behind it. So the idolatry is I know better. My desire, my fleshly desire overrides uh, what God has said. That's right. That's idolatry. That's 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 modern idolatry. Well, it's ancient idolatry, too. Okay, (laughs) it's the same thing. What I want is is overrides what God said. You know, um, I think that then what we're doing is not we've not created a little wooden idol we've made an idol that looks like us us exactly okay. that, that, that's that bingo i mean that's right. that's exactly what it is i mean the, the idea of if it feels good do it didn't right. just start with the 60s i don't think and yes. and it's and yes you're put placing yourself in that role to, to make all decisions all authority what's good for me is is what i'm gonna do and that is the ultimate prideful thing to do mm-hmm. Mm. That's the essence or the ultimate uh, version of that is 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 of pride. So, you know, anyone who says, you know, I know what the Bible says about whatever. Yeah. Fill in the blank. But but I think but I think or but I am going to it's that but right Mm -hmm. there. That's Mm -hmm. really important. This statement is indicative of idolatry. This person with this statement is committing idolatry. So we are, we all have done this. I'm sure, you know, we all, many of us might continue to do this and we have to catch ourselves and recognize what idolatry is. This statement is idolatry. Yeah. Anytime there's a but yes. there, when God God speaks and you're 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 questioning once again His wisdom, His authority, 
Um, you come up with your excuses. You come up with your excuses. You reject. You're rejecting God. And and you, yes, you are placing yourself in that role. So absolutely, that you've become the God. I think that's important for us to realize what this what idolatry looks like in our day, and 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 get those old images out of our head because it's so easy to say, oh, they bow down to little you know right. wooden idols. I don't do that. Right. I'm fine. Right. I'm fine. No, uh, I mean I've heard I've heard that over year over the years. You know, oh, we don't worship the the Christmas tree, or we don't, right? You know, and so there's practical examples there. But again, it's not the Christmas tree. It's exactly, not, it's the decision to do something contrary to what God is instructing. Yes, bingo, absolutely. Yeah. You know, so then you got to say, okay, how does God deal with this swelling up, this pride, this arrogance? You know, Isaiah fourteen fifteen says. To, to Satan, okay? But you, Satan, are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Satan gets cast into mm-hmm. the into the pit, yes. okay? That's what God thinks about that, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once again, could you be a little clearer yeah, on yeah, that, he'll, God? <laughs> he'll have the final word. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Isaiah 13, 11 says, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. Mm. I will halt the arrogance of the proud, and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. Yeah. He, he's, you know, he's pretty clear. He's pretty clear, <laughs> you know, pretty clear. I now, mean, this next one, we've all heard this one. Yeah. Uh, Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Wow. So there's pride going before destruction. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what comes after pride. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chaos. Okay. Destruction. Chaos. It goes, it lines up with, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, a rich man trying to get into the kingdom of heaven. Um, because of all, because of wealth, or because of any worldly pleasure, any of any desire, type. yeah, desire can 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 just steer us wrong. Not that in itself, again, are there's there is there anything wrong? God wants us to have life and life more abundantly. But when that becomes the priority, when that becomes, you know, and again, and then you think that by somehow your own ingenuity, your own intelligence or own power, you've you've uh, brought yourself to that place. It all leads to this destruction. Right. You know, I've been quoting a lot from the um, Older Testament here in the Newer Testament, 1 John 2, 16. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, which you were talking about, and the mm. desires of the eyes mm. and pride and possessions, it's not from the Father, but it is from the world. Yeah. Okay? So clearly going against God's order. Psalm 10, 4 says, In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him, God. All of his thoughts are, there is no God. Wow. Yeah. And I'll add, or, and I am God. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, another one, Psalm 59, 12 says, for the sin of their mouths, the words of their lips, let them be trapped in their pride mm. for the cursing and lies that they utter. So when you reject God's truth, right? It's this says, let them be trapped Wow. In their pride, they can't get out. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. And and I think, you know, God is long suffering and patient and kind. And I believe gives opportunity for every individual on the planet to to turn from those evil ways. But when you persist and 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 you know, just reject God over and over and over again. There's a point, and we know from Scripture that he just there's a point that's done. It just said, "Okay, go ahead." Right. Go ahead, you know, Second Thessalonians. We've talked about this too. We talked about the the great deception. Second Thessalonians two ten through twelve talks about the strong delusion. Okay, mm-hmm. and it says, "With every wicked deception directed against those who are perishing, because they refused the love of the truth that would have." saved them okay for this reason god will send them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie in order that judgment may come upon all who have disbelieved the truth and delighted 
in wickedness. Delighted in wickedness. They did. They, you know, the truth had been obviously there. There's an opportunity to for, know to truth. hear and know the truth. Yes. yes. And we have very. We have no excuse in this generation yes. not to have heard the truth. And yet not to desire or love the truth enough. It, it's my desires over the, the truth so that I can delight in my wickedness. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a terrifying thing. So what you're saying, you refuse God's truth, then it leads back to what I w- we were just saying. You get trapped. Yeah. You get trapped by this delusion, trapped by this lie, and you can't get out. Yeah, you can't a, get out. I don't tragic, know at what stage scary. that happens, but we do know that that happens. Yeah, and the Lord see, says we, that. We do. And you never, you don't even want to approach. You don't that want to point, get anywhere near that. Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, I want to conclude today. Um, it is a little bit longer conclusion, but I want to read a significant portion of Romans one. Mm-hmm. These verses hit on probably everything we've talked about and kind of sums them all up. How man can choose to ignore God or better yet play God because they puff themselves up so much that they actually believe that their own thoughts and opinions on any subject really matter. And just what I was saying before <laughs> when they don't, they don't give God the glory. They take the glory for themselves as Satan did. Mm-hmm. God allows their pride to become their downfall. All people are guilty of sin when we reject what God says and follow after our own hearts. In Romans 1, Paul gives a list of the behaviors of such people. It most certainly includes the sin of homosexuality, okay? I know that's not what we're talking about today, but it does include that, and that's reminiscent of what's going on this month. But it by no means stops there. Gary, could you read some of this? And as we're reading, if we have a thought, we'll share it. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. Starting in verse 18, it says, The wrath of God being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. I, 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 can't, I can't get even get past that one. <laughs> suppress. Suppress the truth. I mean, do we not see that in our, in, in our day in such a big way? Don't, don't let the world know what the, what the truth is mm-hmm. because then they might have an opportunity to make the right choice. Yeah, right? That's right. Oh, that, uh, yeah. I think about abortion. But oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. In other words, just look around you. Look at the, the majesty of the earth and the universe. Verse 21, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. There's your, your man-made idols. And, yes. and, you know, I think often, too, of the this, this movement of, about, you know, saving the planet. Uh, again, not a bad goal in right. itself, but when that becomes all-encompassing, yes. when that becomes your God. Yes. Verse 24, Therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires to their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Verse 26, Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men who abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another, men committing shameful acts, with other men and received in themselves the due and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Mm. Wow. Mm. I have even heard some people talk about this concept, you know, of homosexuality not being clear in the Newer Testament. I've heard people say that too. And I'm like, well, you're really not reading Romans 1 here (laughs) (laughs) if you think that's true. I mean, we we know it's very clear in the Older Testament, but it seems really clear right here too. Yeah, Yeah, well, because people love to use that idea that, well, that was the Old Testament, which which is, again, misnomer. I mean, we know this is still the Word of God and that all of the Word of God God. In fact, when Paul was writing this letter, 
That's all he had. That's all he had. Was the Tanakh, was the Torah. Uh, Anyway, verse 28. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. So they, they do what they ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decrees that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue in these things, they but they also approve of those who practice them. Mm, so you know, there again, that. we we have no choice, Kathy. We have to bring these things out. We if we in our silence, it would be like we approved of the behavior. We can't be silent about this. We cannot be silent. Yes. And so finally, Romans two verse six through eight. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who, by their persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. I'm sorry, that wow. should, I should have said self-seeking. 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 But I think so I, we got it really clear here what's, what, how this is going to turn out in mm-hmm. the end. I Once again, it's like, Paul, could you be a little more specific here? <laughs> <laughs> we don't quite understand what you're, what's, what's, what's you know, wrong here. Well, you know, Paul is often very, very wordy, but he seems very, very to the point He's here. He's very, very to the point. He's mm-hmm. very clear. Sometimes you're, you, you kind of got to figure Paul out. And this one, you're like, yeah. mm, no, he's pretty much good. You got it here. Um, th- note that there are those who persist in doing good. This last part, Romans 2, 6 through 8. Those who persist in doing good, they're seeking glory and honor. But it's not glory or honor that comes apart from the relationship with God. Right. It's only in this relationship that they will receive glory, honor, and eternal life. Because ironically, though the prideful want glory and honor, they will not receive it. No. You it, know, it, you know the, the reward is uh, happening now and here, and, and they think. They think. You know, they think that men and women honor and worship them. You know, they, they bow down to them. And, and because, as a society, we have done a lot of that. sadly, we have and made we that have possible. Done that. Yes, yes, yes. With our athletes, with our celebrities. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes, and it, it, it feeds into that uh, pride. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, let's look again at what Paul writes. He said, God will repay each person according to what they have done to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality. He will give eternal life. So, friends, you know, that is what we must take away from all of this. If you want glory and honor and eternal life, if you want something that is really worth being proud about, keep pursuing what is good according to God's perfect will. Amen, sister. (laughs) All right. Until next time, remember what the psalmist said. Those who love your Torah have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. Shalom. Shalom. Thank you for listening. Please join us next time on Torah Talk.